something is happening that we can't understand. I'm concerned about your girl. The spirit world is dangerous. What are you doing? I'm not doing it. Stop it! Do you know what it feels like to be strangled to death? <laughs> something is wrong with Doris! She's experiencing something amazing! I believe she is channeling powers we do not understand. Doris? Tonight's episode, Frank and Joe are live from Thirsty Dice, where they talk horror games and review Ouija, Origin of Evil. They're coming for you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. <laughs> Welcome. To another episode of Horror on the Rocks. Yeah, hi everyone. We're coming to you live from Thirsty Dice. Yes, we uh, we got ourselves invited to a uh, a bar in Fairmount that I've never been here before, but you have. Yeah, I've been here a few times. It's a lot of fun. It's a yeah. really cool spot. Um, and we're here with Matt, the owner of hey Thirsty Dice. Hi, Matt. Hey. How's it going? Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, for having us. us. This is a really uh, cool spot. This is a, it's an awesome spot. It's way bigger than I thought it would be. It's awesome how much space you guys have here. But it's essentially a bar that's integrated as a, as a place to play board games as yeah. well. Um, so we're going to talk a lot more about that. And in honor of uh, where we are this evening, we are going to talk board game horror and game horror. So we're going to yeah. review Ouija Origin of Evil. Yes. We're going to break down a list of our favorite horror games. But before we do that... And before we do horror news, we br begin this episode like we begin all others. Joe, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I got an IPA, and I like that you have a number of IPA selections. It's the first one off the menu. Uh, the it's probably the 2SP. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was it. Um, yeah. It's nice and tasty. It's a nice, easy IPA. Um, it's hitting the spot. So One of our best sellers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah I yeah. can see why. Yeah. yeah. It's it good. goes down well. I decided to, to jump on a 75-minute tonight, which uh -huh. I love this addition to the, the ever-growing dogfish lineup, this... Uh, kind of between the 60 and, yeah. the, and the 90 minute. It's really good. Um, but Matt, what are you drinking? And tell us a little bit about Thirsty Dice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm drinking the Mr. Jack. It's a cocktail. It's uh, Laird's Applejack Brandy Ooh. with spicy maple syrup and Peychaud's bitters. So a lot going on. And yeah. I thought, you know, since we're talking horror movies, Mr. Jack, uh, it's a great board game where yep. Jack the Ripper, one person plays Jack the Ripper, the other person plays a detective trying to find them. Oh, cool. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome. cool. But Thirsty Dice, so um, I think he did a real good job. It's basically way we like to say it's a full service restaurant but we just happen to have 800 board games here yeah. so 16 yeah. different draft lines we've got all kinds of craft cocktails a lot of them most of them themed to games uh great coffee program full espresso bar but most awesome. importantly the games people yeah, to teach guys, them there's yeah, a ton it, it's, of games it's kind of yeah. like a game library you have over here That's, and i realize uh, exactly you have, there's what more we say. games right yeah, behind yeah, you yeah. as well yeah 
So this is a lot of like smaller games, card games. Sometimes we call them appetizer games because uh -huh. they're good to just kind of get things started. Yeah. And then we've got a bunch over here. We actually have another library down in the basement. So we're oh. probably up around a thousand games at this point. Wow. Pretty, uh, pretty diverse selection. And yeah. I was just, we were talking before the pod about, you know, new stuff coming in all the time. So, yeah, yeah full bar yeah. and full uh, kitchen right behind yeah. us here. All kinds of snacky stuff, some sweet yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, the gummy mix yeah. is so delicious and oh, thanks, the perfect man. snack to have when you're playing a game. A lot it's of just, research went into that gummy yeah? mix. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a good blend of gumminess <laughs> glory. I don't know. It, it, it's really good. But I love when you walk in um, and the the workers um, have a specific title. What, yeah, what are game they? tenders. The game tenders. Yeah. And they actually will help you pick right. out a game that kind of matches what you're looking for, the right. intensity or... There's, like, yeah. there's sort of like a system behind it. Can you tell, about, tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, our game tenders will come in. A lot of times people come in and they want to go to the old favorites, which is great. We've got yeah. all kinds of classics here. But uh -huh. we also have all these games, new games. Um, I was just telling somebody before we just had a game come in yesterday that we added to the library called From One to T-Rex. Great party <laughs> game, incredible party game. Huh. Uh, but the game tenders will make a recommendation, and then they'll teach you how to play. We say they break up fist fights, but you know, <laughs> for the most part, uh, people people are just here to have a good time, and it's a lot of fun. You know, you're here, you got a table having a good time. They start laughing, and somebody like yeah. that energy is really infectious. So yeah. it's it's awesome too because you see so many so many places now where 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 a bar and something, but a lot yeah. of them are like you're playing a sport or something like that so I feel like it's really cool to have a place where not only you can have a drink but you can play a game just sitting at your table like yeah. right there you know socializing all the same playing a game and it sounds like you don't like you don't have to be a, a game person you don't have to right. come in knowing the rules or knowing what you want totally. to play to uh, to find something fun to play and compete with your friends We've got a lot of folks who come in who are like, yeah, we got pandemic, but we can't quite figure it out. You know, <laughs> we got this new game and just to have somebody teach them how to play. Game yeah. tutors so, as well. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We really try to focus on making a great experience for our guests. And that's really, right. you know, taking the food, the drinks. And, of course, learning the games and stuff. So, And you got a great spot here right off, was at Fairmount Avenue? Yeah. So you're, right, you're right off the main drag of everything. Yeah. So yeah. how long have you guys been here? It's a little over a little year? A little over a year okay. now. Yeah. Right. yeah. I like the fact that it is a board game bar because I think when you go out now, it's so common to see people not necessarily interacting. They're, yeah. Or they're interacting with their phones. But when you come here, you're kind of forced to like put your device away and just actually engage and yeah. be with people. It's something refreshing about that. Yeah, we're coming back next week. I'm going to kick your ass in something. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like what? <laughs> By the way, do you have a Ouija board here? We do not okay. have Ooh. a Ouija board. I, you Ooh. know what? It's funny. Somebody I wasn't was, prepared uh, for watching us. the movie and I, I was thinking. Well, you after know seeing what? the movie, you probably don't want one. Because yeah. <laughs> nothing good can come out of it. So I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking over here at this chalkboard that you have here. It looks like you have a ton of events going on. Yeah. I know you have, you have Quizzo later tonight. Um, yeah. You know, what are some of the things that. Uh, folks can look forward to see, uh, participating here other than your thousands of games. Well, I'll give you a couple examples. One thing is we like to do really big events. Uh, right around this time last year, we did uh, a game. There's a woman from the Pacific Northwest who made this game that was like a 
um, like an escape room, but it was all with different things that you ate. So to figure out the puzzles, you had to figure out the tastes. Mm. Ah. Uh, and we're doing a new really cool event. We do these murder mysteries, which I think is pretty thematic. To oh, the cool. show here. Yeah. So we're doing uh, a murder mystery actually on uh, New Year's Eve this year. Awesome. And it's all about... Um, the Roaring Twenties, right? We're going into 2020, so uh, lot thematic menu, yeah. thematic cocktails, yeah. uh, kind of a different way if you're not just looking to go out and get plastered on New Year's Eve. Yeah. You want to have a real experience. So, totally. That's a great um, idea. That's a lot a of fun. No, thanks. So you posted something about is it horrified? horrified? Is that the board game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember Mackenzie mentioned something about that. But yeah. yeah. So can you tell us about yeah, that sure. game or other horror so game games? I'll, I'll tell you about Horrified. Um, it's a great one of the things that's really happened over the past 10, 15 years or so in games is a lot of cooperative games where mm. players are not playing against one another, where instead what they're doing is they're playing up against the board game. So Horrified is a game yeah. in which there's a lot of classic movie monsters like yeah. the mummy and dragon. Dracula, and the players are all playing against them. But depending on which of the monsters there are, they are there are different things they have to do to defeat the monsters. Gotcha. So one of the best reviewed games that's come out this year. Yeah. A lot of great critical acclaim. Hor horrified is horrified. Cool. Horrified is the name of it. So yeah. uh, where can where can people find you on the socials and online yep. and that whole thing? Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter. We're at Thirsty Dice. On Instagram, we're at Thirsty Dice. That's where we're probably the most active. But yeah. we're on Facebook as well, uh, and of course Thirsty Dice. Com. Awesome. You can find out about events. Well, yeah. thanks. Thanks so much for having us. You Guys, know, I thanks think, for coming uh, out. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. All right. well, cheers. Cool. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So big thanks to Matt. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And seriously, come check this place out. It's really cool. I've never been any place like this before. Oh, yeah. I um, discovered it. I think I knew places like this exist, but you know, I, I just I, I never found my way into one. I can. I'll, I, can I say feel I'll like there's some other ones popping up, but this is by far the best board yeah. bar in Philly. And um, like, couldn't and it be? Couldn't be in like a is. more fun neighborhood. Anyway, the menu's like. great. The drinks are good. Good service. Friendly people. Yeah. Um, and it's like a nice open space. So. And on that note, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of horror news. Yeah. So what do you got? Um. So the trailer for The Invisible Man came out, which I heard it, that they uh -huh. were going to reboot this a while ago, starring Elizabeth Moss and Oliver Jackson Cohen, who plays Luke in The Haunting of Hill House. Okay. It comes out February 28th, and it's supposed to be loosely based on the H.G. Wells novel that the 1933 movie was based on. Um, and I guess I, the initial plan that Universal was that Universal was going to reboot all of their old monster movies, and then they put out that terrible... Uh, Tom Cruise mummy movie that did very poorly. Kind of just they punted that on series. the idea, but yeah. I guess uh, Jason Blum and Blumhouse snagged up the rights to this movie. Okay, and the trailer looks pretty good. Did you see it? I haven't. No. Yeah. But so it basically it looks like Elizabeth Moss is married or with Oliver Jackson's Cohen character, and she thinks he dies. But of course, shortly after he dies, it starts to seem like maybe he's still around. Dun, dun, dun. And that's kind of what I, I love got from her the from The Handmaid's Tale. So yeah, I mean she's um, she's from. Uh, so many things. Whatever she's she does, Mad is Men. Great. Yeah, I, a big fan of hers. So that's February twenty eighth. Okay. Um, I saw a trailer actually today 
for a Helen Hunt horror movie called I See You. I saw it also because yeah. you tipped me off to this. <laughs> and, I and that comes out in like two weeks. I, I want to say it comes out December 6th. Yeah, that looks intriguing. Something about it. It's like, where is this all going? It's like what a, is she hiding? What does she know? I feel it's like definitely she's like, a, like a horror mystery where like a kid's missing. Yeah. But it also looks like there might be like a haunted house involved. I think it's like maybe the family's in on it or they know more than what they're letting on. But uh, yeah, check out that trailer. Yeah. Um, did you have anything, Joe? Yeah. So speaking of trailers, and 2020, I feel like it's going to be a big year for horror movies. Fingers crossed. Um, Antebellum uh, is going to be a movie coming out in April starring Janelle Monet. And really? it is described as a, um, she plays an author trapped in a horrifying reality and has to uncover mind bend, a mind-bending mystery. There's also a movie coming out called Antlers. I uh, heard about this. This yeah. is uh, it's been on the the film the film festival circuit yeah. a little bit. It looks really dark. There's this kind of creature monster that's being fed by a boy who then looks like breaks out and unleashes all this bloody havoc. Kerry Russell's in it, who I love. Yep. Um, Guillermo del Toro is involved, so it looks like it has promise. Yeah. Um, a Quiet Place Two, but March, March 2020. March. And then there's also a movie called Fantasy Island coming out. I saw based this. On, um, based on the TV show, but it's like a dark retelling of it, like a darker horror. I saw it. I remember version. watching the trailer for this. Yeah. And like, so, okay. And then I was like, oh. Oh, it's a horror movie. Yeah, huh? so that comes out in February. Actually, Valentine's Day of February 2020. Check it's out the trailer. A, it's Blumhouse, right? It's, it's yeah, they're involved. Gang, so so. Uh, see where that goes. Yeah. But that was kind of an interesting take. Like you're reimagining a, a show or something that's not necessarily horror and then turning it into something scary. So. Yeah, and the, honestly, the, tra- the the trailer's a bit confusing because in the beginning you're like, all right, it's basically do, do, like do, a, a they're on skin movie kind of thing. But then all of a but sudden, like, things turn yeah, real bad. Yeah, and, and then, it's then not they're what they trapped see. on this island. Whatever, yeah, Maggie you know, Q, what Lucy you wish Hale. For. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so some things to look out for in 2020. Yeah. Did couple, you ha- a couple other things. Yeah, um, did you have it, something about Ghostbusters? Is it time? Oh, I'm ready. Right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters news alert. Uh-huh. You got one episode off. Bill Murray is in. Did you ever think he wasn't going to come back? No, but I just, my heart wanted it to be confirmed so bad. (laughs) Dan Aykroyd said in an interview, Bill Murray is in. We got Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts, probably, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, uh, the girl that played Theo in Haunting a Hill House, July 10, 2020. Get psyched. Get pumped. Joe, I'm dragging you there. I'm going to be washing my hair that night. I'll be busy. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks. And then uh, I guess other than that, uh, apparently they're making a prequel to the Amityville Horror. It's called Amityville 1974. Did we need that? I mean, Amityville Horror was one of those like very early on horror movies for me. So I've kind of... Every time they keep doing an Amityville something, I, I, I tend to jump in on that. Uh-huh. And uh, Conjuring 3, it sounds like the they're going in a, a different route. It's still going to be yeah. uh, uh, the you know uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren, but it's about someone who, I guess, murders, is, is on trial for murder, okay. and their defense is that they uh, were possessed. Uh-huh. And apparently it's supposed to be the first time in American history that someone tried to, like, assert that defense. So, Interesting. Yeah, different route, but could be Wonder interesting. Wonder how that went. 
<laughs> Something tells Spoiler. me conviction. <laughs> Probably didn't go very but well. Yeah, so that that's the horror news we got. Before we jump into our list tonight of uh, horror movies involving games, of survival, or yeah, we thought games. that was appropriate given yeah, the movie. Uh, we have another guest. I uh, would like to welcome Sam. Sam, welcome. Hi, to Sam. Pod. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Welcome. I appreciate being on the show. Sam, what are you enjoying this evening? I am drinking a drink called an Eldritch Horror, which I believe is Cthulhu themed. Uh, oh, very and cool. In it, it has. Kraken rum, pineapple, black cherry, soda, and activated charcoal. Nice. And I see the, the coolest garnish I've ever seen yeah, on we a cocktail. Yeah, uh, we got little, some sour gummy worms there? Little gummy worms on the top there, I guess, to represent the tentacles coming out of the drink. I love oh, it. The I love integration it. with the name and the beverage. It's very it. well thought out. I love it. Well, Sam beverage. Sam is a, a loyal friend of uh, Thirsty Dice who got roped into joining us for our lists and movie review this yeah, episode. Yeah, thanks for joining. So Also a big fan of your show, guys. Oh, thank you. Been thank listening. you. It's very good. So. <laughs> thank you very much. So you're also a horror movie fan i, I totally am okay. for a very very long time so we <laughs> like to ask our guests what was the first scary movie that you saw that just kind of spoke to you and made you fall in love with so horror? Uh, keep in mind we're talking parenting in the 70s here so <laughs> but my parents allowed i remember going over to a friend's house and he had hbo and my friend yeah. was like hey alien is on like the original with sigourney weaver uh-huh. yeah and Got, got a phone call to my parents. Hey, do you mind if this kid watches this? No, he'll be fine and <laughs> yeah. totally loved it. So I think I was six at the time. And that's a, that's a good first one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's jump into our list. So, awesome. so we're talking Ouija Origin and Evil, which is the sequel to the first and far worst Ouija movie. <laughs> uh, Did you see the first one? You know, it's funny. So after what I'm a kind of a completionist. So yeah. after I watched the second one, I felt like I had to go back and watch the right, first one. Right. So okay. we watched that one last night all right yeah it definitely was uh, a little on the lower end (laughs) yeah but in honor of that in honor of being at thirsty dice and talking about ouija we are going to break down a list top three a piece as long as we can come up with it yeah essentially horror games so horror movies involving games whether they be board games or the the characters in the movie are forced to play games for their survival right um and the concept is pretty broad yeah yeah keeping it pretty open intentionally so we don't all come up with the same (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's a tough list. So (laughs) we usually try to let our guests go first um, so that they don't get their movies picked. So why don't you take us away? Yeah. What do you got? Sure. Um, So I'm going to actually start off with I'll I'll go a little old school. here. So the original Ouija board movie from. I think it's like 1985, oh, which is I've called Witchboard. Oh, yes, yes, With yes, 20 yes. Katane of Whitesnake fame. So oh, it's wow. not great. Most of these movies are going to be B, you know, B-esque movies. Yeah. But, you know, still an enjoyable movie, but definitely with the Ouija. Strong movie. integration of the game yeah. in that movie. What? Yeah. So what goes down in that movie? Have you s- you know, it's been forever since yeah. I've seen it, honestly. Yeah. So, but I'm you know, I know Tony Katane plays with a Ouija board. There's possessions. You know, I think it's kind of it, yeah. it's so on and so forth. Horror movie issues. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Joe, what do you got for your first one? Um, my first one is I'm going to take it away from the board game concept. I'm going to go with the craft. <laughs> Remember when they played Light as a Feather Stiff as a board? They do. Yes. They play played this all the time at sleepovers or parties. And there's this great scene where they're playing and she's actually actually levitating and uh yeah so um that's such a special movie and we've talked about how they're remaking it which i'm still 
very sour about. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, see about we're that We're a little one. nervous, too. Like, yeah. don't, don't mess with it. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. leave it alone. But nowadays, it's always remaking stuff. But <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the cop-out easy answer and, and take the movie that uh, the, the villain in the movie puts the puts game in the tagline of the movie, Saw. Make it, making all every character that's ever been in a Saw movie. Do you want to play a game? I don't get it. How does Saw follow the theme of Borgia? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the game, game, game of survival, Joe. I don't know if you're paying attention. We decided <sighs> yeah. to keep the list broad. Are you keeping? Are you saying Saw the whole franchise? Or I'll one go to Saw One if you okay. want to be lazy and take <laughs> Saw Two through Nine. Can you imagine from here on out we just all yeah. say like a uh, sequel. I'm gonna go with Saw Three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Sam. What you got for number all two? All right, my number two actually is fairly recent, sort of game esque. I'm gonna go with Escape Room. Which came yep. out, yeah. I think it was either early this year or late last year. Yeah. So basically kind of playing on the trends of escape rooms and whatnot. So um, pretty fun movie if you like escape rooms. Is, um, it, is it good? It's on my like to-see list. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, to, to go with your rating system, I'd say it's worth a watch. It's not terribly scary, obviously. Yeah, but, but it's, you know, fun. it's fun. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, nice. Joe, number two. Um, so this maybe a little blurry i'm blurring the lines a bit of what a game is but oh, i'm going to say scream only because the whole shtick when the killer's calling people on the phone is like do you want to like kind of play a game this is a game like you say the wrong answer you die i guess if they say the right answer to live that we never really see that happen because for whatever reasons but i'm going to go with scream because i think this that this is a stretch joe I'm going to make it work, and I'm not going <laughs> to let you make me think otherwise. <laughs> All right. See, I'm being really selfless by taking Leaving the other that you game probably have on your list so yeah. you can now flourish. I will list. go for my second uh, movie, not movie that's specifically focused on a game, kind of like your craft pick, yeah. uh, a, a movie where someone plays with a Ouija board, The Exorcist. Reagan Dang, that was my yeah, third yeah, one. Now I've got nothing oh, left. But well, yeah. you can borrow the bottom of my But Reagan is uh, summoning, what's his name? Captain, Captain Howdy, Howdy yeah. I believe. Yeah. And that's kind of so, what starts it all, yeah. Yep. And so, that's actually when Ouija boards, I think, really became associated with this kind of satanic element. Like up until then, they were seen as more of like a spiritual thing. But I think that really kind of threw made the people look at Ouija boards yeah. a, little, a little differently, yeah. Absolutely. Number three, So Sam? my number three, I'm going to go a little off the board game. I'm going to go with a video game, the Resident Evil series. I was thinking about ah. doing that. Yeah. So, but Mila Jovovich, Zombies, yeah. I believe yeah. the first one had Michelle Rodriguez in it. Right. You know, it's a pretty pretty classic movie, and the franchise went for a very long time. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so. I, think they're, I think they're done they now. They are done, I believe. Yeah. 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 It got a little, you know, a little out there, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I mean, it was yeah. you know, entertaining. I feel like Hollywood has regularly tried to make, hor tried to make movies out of video games there's just not a lot of source material to no work with. right there's a couple of them out there but yeah. you know i think resident oh. evil is definitely the most notorious of horror yeah, yeah. for sure movies yeah. definitely sure. joe um, number three do you need to borrow my list <laughs> no this is not a horror movie oh, jesus joe but i just had to say you need a three movie list <laughs> jumanji <laughs> not a scary movie though no. as a kid maybe i'm just saying but if Sam, we're, talking we're, we're accepting <laughs> applications for replacement hosts hey, in this show. It's so. been a good run. I've done my thing. <laughs> Joe, as an honorable mention, I had Clue, and that's not scary either. But yes. You know, kind yes. of thriller-esque. So I think Frank is the one that we're saying bye to, because Sam and I are on the same page. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm um, trying to be neutral here. Don't. Take a side, Sam. Take a side. Choose wisely. Uh, for, for my third one, I'm going to yeah. go with the movie that you have uh, referenced before, Would You Rather. Not the best. It's one of those movies. Oh, like yeah. Not the best horror movie you've ever seen, but like crack a beer, oh, you know, pour the popcorn out. Yeah. It's like it's like a fun movie, and it's it's it gets super. If you like 
if you're not like overly disturbed by gruesome horror movies, right. it is a kind of fun, uh, gory horror movie. Okay. Not the greatest movie ever, but I, I like it, and it is certainly uh, certainly game-based. Yeah. That was actually on one of my honorable mentions, too. Yeah. Jeffrey Combs, you know, of Reanimators. So, I mean, totally yep. cool. He's, he's running the whole yep. shebang. Absolutely. Um, I had some other stuff on here. I had uh, The Game, which is not really a horror movie, but is a thriller with, um, what's his name, Michael Douglas. Have you ever seen that, Joe? No. Yeah. I've I'm, heard of it. I don't it. even know why I asked you that. I knew you didn't see that movie. <laughs> I've seen it. Really good movie. Fun I thriller. Was, I was going to look for the opportunity to mention The Shining and suggest that the the hedge maze was a game. Okay. Sure. Now but, you're really just... Hey, cut, nah, nah, it's officially nice on the record. Tr- so <laughs> <laughs> My scream option made way more sense. <laughs> on that note, let's segue transition into our review this evening yeah. of the sequel prequel... <laughs> <laughs> right. Ouija Origin of Evil. Yeah. So came out in 2016. Yeah. Written and directed by Michael Flanagan, which most recently I feel like has, has got his, a huge amount of recognition for uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Have you seen yeah. Haunting of Hill House, Sam? Totally have. Absolutely. Really good. Did you like it? You know, honestly, I went back knowing that Mike Flanagan did the director work and watched the last episode again because, honestly, I loved yeah. everything up until, like, the last 15 minutes. And then it left me a little bit cold. I uh-huh. felt like of the movie or of Haunting of Hill House? Of Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I just, it, for the theme, I felt like it could have ended a little bit more dour. You yeah. Know? yeah. So yeah. You're not I hear wrong. You. You're not wrong. You definitely could see his style of filmmaking kind of crossover from the show to then this movie. Absolutely. See some similarities with just visuals, the feeling, the sets. Um, yeah. But he's he's known for a bunch of other things. So Haunting a Hill House, Oculus, which if you've never seen Oculus. That's a really that's good a movie. Mirror-based horror movie. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, can you imagine that's a list one day? <laughs> mirror-based horror? Are there any other ones? I guess, you know, there's a lot of movies that have a scene involving a mirror. Yeah. Like, it's kind of been played out, I guess. But, like, someone's in the bathroom and then they see yeah. something pop up. But, note to sure. sell. For, for another episode. Yeah. Oculus, Hush, the, the movie. Have you seen Hush, Sam? I have not. So, Kate Siegel, a really strong movie. who plays Theo in Haunting a Hill House, she's actually the daughter in the very first uh, Ouija seance scene. Okay, yeah. The one, remember, the dad's like, uh, they want me to make this investment. It's a lot of money. He's going to marry her. Mike Flanagan is married to her, okay. which I did not realize. Right. He appears in all, she appears in almost all of his that movies. That was her in the Ouija movie that we reviewed? Really? Yeah, I, uh. I turned it on, and I immediately was like, oh, that's uh, Shirley from Haunting Hill House, and that's Theo Haunting Hill House. I was like, I wonder if Mike Flanagan yeah. did this. <laughs> I Googled so it. So it's kind of cool. He uses a lot of the same actors, I think, to cast his film. Yeah. So yep. in Ouija Origin of Evil, Father Tom is played by Henry Thomas, who plays the young Hugh Crane in the flashbacks of Haunting of Hill House. Which, by the way, just realized last night when I was Googling him, that's a little boy from E.T. Yep. Absolutely. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. I that's knew I recognized him, but I never like looked <laughs> no it up. No way. Really? Yeah. Yep. Huh. That is him. Once again, I think I'm dating myself here, but I saw <laughs> E.T. in the theater. So. Yeah. And then Lulu Wilson, who plays the child Doris in Ouija, the one that gets possessed, plays the young Shirley in Haunting of Hill House. Yep. The older Shirley, like you mentioned, is Elizabeth Reeser, who plays the mom in this movie. So yeah. kind of cool to see. You know, he uses a lot of the same actors in, in his work. But yeah. um, this was uh, Mike Flanagan did not do the first Ouija movie, which takes place chronologically after this one. Um, but he did. He also did the new Shining, the Doctor Sleep, the Shining yep. sequel. So I got to say, after seeing this, I'm like more anxious to see that. Um, just I realized I really I, I like his vibe. 
but, uh, but before we get into that the was 80s, my scare are they now segment by the way <laughs> where is Mike Flanagan <laughs> but it's okay we don't okay <laughs> maybe we'll cut that part. there it is uh, <laughs> no no it's fine right. I love that you just did it gut reactions well first of all I'd seen this movie years ago probably okay. shortly after it came out I didn't re- I remember the premise but I didn't I didn't remember kind of where it was going sure. so I almost watched it with fresh eyes had either of you seen it before we watched it for the episode I had not so yeah. and I mean I'll, I'll be totally honest here PG-13 horror movies, I see that and I immediately get a little twitchy. I'm the exact same way. This, so. I'm like, ooh, I'm approaching it with kind of a uh, feeling of like, how good is this going to be? But what was your what was your kind of gut, you know, roll credits? What, what were you thinking so about this So we movie? started watching it and, uh, you know, it kind of drew me in. I Honestly, I was like, all yeah. right, for a PG-13 horror movie, this is this is pretty okay. So yeah. I, I, you know, ended up enjoying it. But, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. What about so. you, Joe? What was your kind of uh, gut reaction? Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Um, yeah. I d- it wasn't like a life changing movie that I think I'm gonna that, like, like st- that will stick with me forever. No. But um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, to to me this is like a total popcorn horror movie. Yeah. Like you know to right. get under the blanket with your boo, snuggle in. It's it's fun. It's, it has a kind of fun house feel to it. It's got some scary points, but it's not like it's not one of those horror movies that's filled with dread, like Hereditary or, or <laughs> The Shining or, yeah. or anything like that. It is very um, you know it's it's fairly PG thirteen, right. but I think it has some good scares in it. So, but I agree. I think it kind of broke the mold for me for PG thirteen movies. Like it was a quality movie in terms of the way it was created. I thought the acting, the visuals. Um, and there were some legit scares, I think. Sure. Uh, yeah. And it was, I, don't know, I thought it was kind of smart. There was like an interesting kind of like backstory to all of it. But yeah. Shall we start yeah, with the. Jump into uh, the plot a little bit. Yeah. So we have this family. Um, it's a mother and her two daughters. Uh, Lena's the older one. Doris is the younger. And their mother's name is Alice. Right. So uh, Alice kind of runs this sort of. Scam. It's a scam. <laughs> with, it's with scam. Yeah. They have a very frank conversation about whether or not they are a scam pretty early in the movie. <laughs> right. I love how the mom really tries to explain it away and, and validate it, how we're providing some kind of comfort, yeah. but it's like, you know, you're still scamming they, people. They but basically do fraudulent seances. Right. Which, and fraudulent you know, readings. Their, their um, position is like, oh, we're entertainment, whatever, but they got the whole shebang. They got a mechanical table. They have uh, candles that they can flicker Someone off hiding and, behind. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of see that all play out in the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, and then I guess, you know, we get that we, we learn pretty quickly that uh, the father in the situation has passed away. I can't passed remember, away. I can't remember if they ever get into like how he died or why. I think it was a like, drunk driver. It, that, there was a reference, I thought, to I an accident. I, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. So Unless I made that. But I thought there was a reference. But th- yeah. there's not much focus on that. We just know that he's yeah. out of the picture. Right. The family's definitely struggling. They're hitting some hard times financially. Yeah. Um, bills are, you know, stacking up. They're going to lose the house. Older daughter's acting out a little bit. She's, She's a little out more of the rebellious. Yeah. yeah. The younger one is definitely uh, a little bit more of an outcast at school. Um, and so the mother gets a Ouija board for the youngest daughter, Doris, to kind of just. Help her out, maybe, you know, I guess, was the purpose to kind of, like, help her connect? No, I think the point of the Ouija board was, like, the the older daughter's, like, we got to spice things up. Right. We're not going to be able to keep yeah. business. I'm glad so you she paid ends attention. up at, like, a magic store or something and ends up being, like, I you know what? Yeah, We're going to throw a Ouija board store, in the yeah. toy store. So she gets a Ouija board home, immediately tries to figure out how to, like, basically put a magnet on her knee and move it around. Move the planchette. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about, so there's a scene before they get the Ouija board where Lena goes to a friend 
friend's house and they're like the, the 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 mom of the friend's house that she's at is kind of out whatever and we learn the three big rules of Ouija board play what are right. they which are never play alone never play in a cemetery who the hell's doing that <laughs> and always say goodbye yeah and immediately the uh xander family starts breaking all of these rules we come to find out later they've broken all of them but they they immediately upon use of the board uh i, th- I think it's except the, the cemetery piece yeah well uh, no, they actually do. They, no, they, play, they do in the movie yep their house joe oh pfft. Yeah, spoiler right. alert. Look at it that way. Spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, um, but did they, I see this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Joe. I don't know. Very quickly, I want to say the youngest daughter tries to. I think she's trying to talk to her dad. It's kind of like a heartstrings pulling scene where she's trying to talk to her dad through the Ouija board. And very quickly, we start to realize that like the this board works. And Doris has uh, a sixth sense, more or less, to connect through the board so one night she makes contact thinking she's contacting her father yeah but then when she asks like is that you dad or something it goes to no so after she walks out right. of the room and she right. doesn't so say she goodbye. thinks she's contacting her father when really it's a spirit named marcus yeah um so question have you both used ouija boards in the past my sister has one i don't know if i've ever used it you know, I have. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like everybody's kind of got that friend when you're a teenager that's sort of, you know, I don't know, carry, maybe not Maybe not everybody has this friend, but, you know, carrying around the Necronomicon and, you know, <laughs> likes to mess around with the occult and whatnot. Yeah. So it wasn't Matt. Yeah. <laughs> did, anything, did anything creepy happen? Um... It was a little weird. I yeah. mean, I'm not gonna. I'll be honest. It was a little. It was a little unnerving. So, yeah. I mean, it was with somebody that I thought that I trust, and that was another interesting thing with the movie is, you know, they, if you do some research, I think they claim that like you may be thinking that neither of you are moving it, but like subconsciously, I guess you are. Yeah, I think that's how so. it works, right? Like it, the you, the more hands you have on it, the like no one can really track the sensation of where it's moving, and you you end up kind of participating in participating in it unintentionally sure and everybody gets spooked that's what they want you to think (laughs) isn't that an easy explanation versus maybe there really is something (laughs) else that is moving it i don't think i ever played with a ouija board because like i was a total wimp when it came to that stuff i don't think i've ever said bloody mary in a mirror three times in the bathroom like i was just that's so funny i'm such a coward yet i played with ouija boards as a kid (laughs) at like you have like slumber parties i never had one i wasn't that daring but i would play with them i remember at a slumber party we had one and it was all like, oh, my gosh, who's moving it? I'm not moving it. Are you moving it? And then someone would ask like a personal question and it would answer it correctly. So which made us think, oh, my gosh, it has to be legit. But right. I mean, more more likely than not, someone probably was moving it. But what if someone more likely was than it? not, Joe? Maybe you're, you're keeping it in the realm of possibility <laughs> that you would effectively. Summon? So I took it upon myself, though, to research Ouija boards just a little bit. Nice. So ads started appearing for Ouija boards in 1891. So these date back a while ago. And the patent was actually issued in October, I'm sorry, in February of 1891. So these go back like over a century ago by the Kennard Novelty Company, which then eventually Ouija boards were like mass produced by, I think it was Hasbro. Um, but this is where it all kind of originated. Yeah, and they it, have a, in the movie, their Ouija board is way l- more legit than the one my sister had. Like the, the, the optical thing is like ingrained wood. wood. The board looks super ornate. Um, Ouija fact. I went yeah. to Baltimore in October, and I was looking up fun things to do in Baltimore. Yeah. The guy that invented the the Ouija, or, or, or like kind of uh, brought it into existence as a game, not like a spirituality tool, in 1890 was from Baltimore. So there's a if you uh. go to Baltimore, like the two things they the three things they love are crabs, 
uh, Ouija and Edgar Allan Poe. Those are that is like wow. the city of Baltimore. There's like a Seven Eleven that has a sign in front of it. It's like this is where the dude that invented the Ouija invented the Ouija. Huh. Yeah, wow. it's, it's all there's all sorts of Baltimore related Ouija shit. If you ever go down, so there. they made bank though off of these boards because it, they kind of became popular during the rise of spiritualism becoming like a thing in American culture. But the first boards were marketed for a dollar fifty, which now seems like a bargain. I'm sure back then it was I don't know, probably like whatever a decent amount of money. But yeah, they like took off, did really well, and the exact origins are kind of unknown though, which I think gives it this sort of mystery of like where they really come from, like the whole setup behind it. Um, but and then I think once The Exorcist came out, it sort of took on this. <laughs> kind of new meaning yeah and like people, it was a possession people device. were starting to look at it a little differently in terms of oh man you can like summon <laughs> the devil or satan through this um and there's actually been some very religious folks that have burned ouija boards along with other things that they think are a little too creepy i remember I, I don't remember if it was my, my grandmother or my mother uh, at some point when we were young, the idea of like getting a Ouija board came up, and and they were very against. It. No, that's yeah. sacrilegious. You don't do. It's that. a very polarizing thing. Like <laughs> some people are like, no, it's fake. Other people are like, no, do not mess with that. So I don't <laughs> yeah, know, it's like two specific camps. Yeah. But and of course, in the middle of our discussion about Ouija boards, Matt shows up like a knight in shining Matt. armor with a mug oh. full of gummy worms. Man of the day of the week of the month. There's such a gummy, gummy bears. We oh have Twizzler, Peel, uh, the Polar Peel. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great variety and blend. Oh, it hits the spot. <laughs> I'm just going to check out now. You guys do your <laughs> podcast. I'm going <laughs> to sit here and just eat. Anyway, where were we? Oh, we're talking Ouija boards. Um, I guess getting get back to the plot of the movie a little bit. Um, so basically, Doris kind of, I feel like she awakens the Ouija board. And then uh, very shortly after that, she uses it to summon. She thinks she's summoning her father, but of course she walks away and it, the board indicates it's not her father she's speaking to. But the board does direct her to a bunch of money in the wall in the basement. She ends up getting the money out. Mom, we've already know that the mom is hard up for cash after the, you know, the dad not being around anymore. I feel like that's the point where Elizabeth Reese's character is like, whoa, we don't have to be a scam anymore. Right. She starts to turn around when um, also they ask the board a question. She actually asks um, uh, Doris, I guess, to, to answer. Uh, the question was something about like her and her husband. It was like, it was, where, where, where were you when? It was a very personal question. It, about, where were you when I told you I was pregnant with the first one? And the shower, the shower is the answer. The answer. Right. Yeah. Which, like, I got to be honest, like. I, I many times like said aloud. Now the guy that was afraid of do, playing Bloody Mary, I would love to be haunted. I would just, I would love to. It would give me a whole new belief system. Like, you would I got love haunted, to be haunted. Yeah, I would love to be haunted. Fool! Why would you ever <laughs> say? You know that's not gonna turn I'm putting out. Putting it out there in the universe, <laughs> ghost. If you're listening, okay. Do not come crawling to me or calling. Like some weird stuff is happening. Joe, you want to have a sleepover later? This nope. Week? No interest. I do not want that in my life. I yeah. cannot handle that. But if I were in this situation, I yeah. was uh, Ouija skeptical, so to speak. You would ask it a personal question. And if I right? asked it a personal question like that, and yeah. it gave me that specific of an answer I'd probably be all in and that's oh, yeah, when she, yeah she's like oh so Doris maybe yeah yeah so she, something. she immediately just starts pulling Doris out of school well because so Father Tom is use like, her as a medium so like, Father Tom pulls Lena in and is like hey uh, I need to talk to you about your sister Doris uh, hasn't been in school usually she has a doctor's note 
And she's like, oh, yeah, she's not sick. She's just been... Uh, she's not sick. It's, uh, well, it's a little complicated. She's definitely she's mother a, of the year. She's uh, talking to my father. She's and, been conducting uh, seances yeah. or like, yeah, Ouija sessions uh, for pay. Silver lining, my mother's no longer committing fraud on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but I guess at that point in the movie is where we start to see some indicia in uh, Doris's world that, that there's trouble afoot, right? I'm trying to remember at what point in the movie we first see her do the kind of mouth agape thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they, they used it several times, I think. Yeah. And I think it was scary like the first time or two, <laughs> but then I think they kind of went back to that well like way too often, yeah. especially did, towards did. the end. I then uh, Lena, her older sister, catches her kind of like speaking in tongues and just scribbling something on paper. She takes those paper to the school and she somehow identifies that they're Polish. Right. I don't think if I saw Polish writing. I was a little confused I, too. I was like, like maybe uh, Latin, but they yeah. came up with Polish. Like, oh, it's I was Spanish. Like, okay. It's German. <laughs> it's uh, French. Like I think a lot of teenagers that have taken, you know, foreign language in school could spot those, but Polish, like, but she, she's sure. She's like, God, do you, do you, Father, uh, Father, Father E.T., do you have... Father Tom? <laughs> Father E.T., yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you got someone that spoke uh, Polis? And it's, the whole movie takes place in the early 60s, so he's like, sister, whoever came over in the war, she can speak Polish. Um, and I guess before we go further, I want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic of this movie. I yeah. thought they did a really nice job making the movie feel mid to late 60s totally agree love that part of the movie that was one of my favorite things was just the 60s vibe and yeah they kind of kept it going just the visuals the whole nine yards the culture it was great i like the way the title card in the beginning of it that said ouija origin of evil was kind of like a, it was like an overlay like the way they would have to put a graphic on film in the late 60s right did you guys notice that throughout the movie there were what they're called cigarette burn burns marks, yep, from when burn like marks. when uh, like back in the day when they used to have to film movies on more than one reel and they'd splice them together there'd be huh. these little these little like marks in the corner of them. You remember yep. they talk about them in Fight Club? Nope. Yeah, talk about in, cigarette in, in burns. Fight Club, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, there there there's a number of them throughout the movie, and I was trying to pay attention if they were happening when something paranormal was about uh, to happen. Interesting. But uh, He's yeah, so I in thought, tune with the details. I thought it was cool how like the friend's house that Lena's at in the beginning is very like '60s modern, and she has very '60s modern parents that mm -hmm. are like a little a little laissez faire, a little out drinking on a weeknight kind of. And then her house is kind of like a more traditional '60s house. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that. Like it's uh, it for for that part of it, I thought it did kind of a nice job being a, a period piece a little right, bit. Right, right. I love the scene when Doris is in the playground and that that turd is about to like uh, use a slingshot and sling a rock at her and she just shoots him that look i'm like ooh, yeah <laughs> this is gonna be brutal and he just is compelled to like turn around the slingshot and just release at him and yeah it's almost more effective not seeing the effect like you hear it and it's like oh it just sounded so graphic yeah and you see like all the kids like running over but not seeing it i think was actually kind of more powerful because you're like oh man this did not yeah. go well. For whatever, this whatever, like Foley effect they use, like smashing a grapefruit or something. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. A kid just so slingshot himself in the face. So I read <laughs> a little bit into the movie, and they yeah. said some of the PG-13 things. So kind of like the slingshot, and like towards the end where they, she's sewing her mouth shut, and hope that's not spoiling anything. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler um, safe. Spoiler, area. spoilers are safe. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but they they pulled away from that so that they could get the PG-13 rating. Uh, so, like, you didn't actually see her sewing the mouth or the actual slingshot hitting that they tried to, like, tone it down. That so was actually the sewing of the mouth part was one of my 
is actually kind of one of the parts of the movie I didn't enjoy, but we'll get there. Okay. That's, that's so, the yeah, so, um, so Doris is uh, kind of channeling this spirit, Marcus, um, in the house. And uh, the mom is going out on a date because she's got a little thing for Father Tom, by the way. She does. Yeah, so do priests go on platonic dates with widows. Like, is that a well? That that's a thing? the thing. From his standpoint, <laughs> it wasn't a date, though. I'm not sure how he didn't realize that. Like, we're going out to like a nice dinner. At a, it's not like, hey, we're having this meeting about your kids at school. <laughs> that would be more understandable from her end. Like, this is not a date. But like, I don't know why they she like chose a restaurant to yeah. have this meeting about the child. But anyway. So Elizabeth Reister's character thinks it's a date, so she's wearing like her nice dress, looking all fancy. But that's the night when, and it's obviously not a date, but that's the night when um, Mikey, so that's Lena's guy that she's kind of into, he's kind of into her, comes to the home to like hang out with Lena. And Doris just goes into that whole monologue about what it's like to be uh, suffocated or totally strangled. Totally my favorite part of the movie. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It was so detailed and long and i was like this is dark and messed up and his face is just like i mean what? she goes she goes through like first you feel this and then it's a burning in the chest and yeah. then you're cold and then there's like it's her like delivery a, was it's, so good it, i thought but it's really long it was when i was watching that i'm going i think of choking as being a, a, a relatively quick endeavor and this is a three minute explanation of what it feels like and at no point was mikey like "Ooh, uh can i just stop you there like this the is a little wrong with you he's kid. like no go on like let me hear all of this yeah. but a little foreshadowing i guess because yeah. right. unfortunately I, I things don't end well for him i love the juxtaposition too because here you have this cute you know we'll yes. assume she's relatively yes. sweet little girl you know blonde hair telling this horrible horrible story yeah. about like what it feels like to be strangled so and shortly after that, I guess, so Lena brings the letters to school. Doris is sometimes in school, sometimes making kids slingshot themselves in the face. Uh, the, the the priest, I, I guess we get the impression that what he read in these letters really disturbs him. And he decides, well, oh, and Elizabeth Reeser tells him, because I guess the priest is also, he's a widower. So she's like, you should come over for a reading. I'm using my youngest daughter as a vessel. We're talking to dead people all over town. Come on, like, bud. Well, I don't know, you know, the whole Christ thing. <laughs> no, kinda, I insist. Not yeah. really my game. Uh, but anyway, he ends up at the house yeah. under the faux guise of getting a reading. And he, this is, this sequence in the movie, both his seance and then the, let's have a parent-teacher conference upstairs. That's my favorite part of the movie. Because he, so he has a seance, Doris, uh, you know, uh, Dor the vessel that's speaking through the spirit that's speaking through Doris tries to make it seem as though she is uh, channeling his uh, dead wife. Uh, Doris gets one question right, but then kind of refuses to answer a second question. Um, and then that kind of ends and like and he's kind of like, wow, that was real. But uh, Lena's been getting into some trouble in school. We need to talk about that. And that's when uh, they go upstairs and Father Tom starts breaking it down. Right. Uh, he really, he gets into the nitty gritty. And he does like a, I, this is one of those things where I was like, I think I like Mike Flanagan's filmmaking style. Because he kind of integrates what he's learning from the letters with what he did at the house. And he kind of explains how, the you know. The whole history of yeah, this house. Yeah, the whole history of the house. And as well as like, if you were speaking, he's, 
it's really cool. I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it because he's like, I don't think your fraud, your daughter's a fraud, but she's not talking to my wife. She's not talking to her dad. Right, right. She's talking to Marcus. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. Marcus, who she she scribed the diary of Marcus, who is basically tortured by one of these Nazi like uh, experiment doctors that you hear yep, about. We brought like, in the Germans. Yeah, you know, it was. But and then they right. and then they kind of get into like the t- Father Tom's like I I answered a question. I asked her a question and I thought the wrong answer in my head and she came up with it. And then I asked her another question. I emptied my mind and she was like, nah, it doesn't matter. So, it, and I was like, oh man. And meanwhile, Doris is downstairs, like mouth agape, like, right. like <laughs> channeling the devil or whatever is going right. on. So you find out that, like you kind of hinted at Marcus is one of many victims of this sadistic doctor who would torture people in the house that the family grew up in. They find out that all the spirits have kind of been watching them from birth early on um, to, you know, the current day. So it's not her daughter she's been talking to. It's Marcus. Um, So at that point, everyone's like, oh, boy, this is not good. What are we going to (laughs) do? Well, at that point, remember? So... Father Tom breaks it all down. He's got it all figured out. He understands yeah. what she's doing. He understands who she's speaking to, thanks to the, the Polish translation diary. Father Tom is really impressive when you think about it. He did a really, lot of detective he's work. He's really impressive, but he seems he to on. miss one crucial detail. On. Yeah, he misses one crucial detail. What's Lena's that? like, "Stop talking." We've just established that they've been listening to everything <laughs> we've said since we've been in this house, yeah. and you are telling you are telling them what our plan to unpossess her is, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> I noticed that. When they were doing the seance, it was pretty bright. And then they go up to the room and have their family meeting. And the minute they leave, the house is like pitch black. There's no light. I'm like, how long were they up there for? But regardless, they come down. And is Doris gone at that point? Now is it at the point in the movie where they're trying to like pretty much track her down? Um, so they. I'm trying to remember because shortly after that, oh no, Doris, shows up. Doris is in the basement with Mikey. The boyfriend comes in during the family meeting. Yes, she's like, Mikey, come to the basement. Let me show you where I found the money. And then he re- agrees stupidly. Oh, right. And then she pretty much like brings him down, and he's mm-hmm. like pulling his hand, or his hand is like behind the wall. Yeah, because he's, like, he's reaching feeling- into the area where she previously had him. Or she reached in to get a whole yeah. bunch of money, the money yeah. and then she reach he reaches in there, and this is where it starts to get like a little dude, kind of predictable. Mikey. Like she, like Mikey p- pulls out a doctor's bag after that whole monologue about what it's like to suffocate to death. I would not be anywhere near <laughs> this kid <laughs> ever again, nor would I go alone with this person <laughs> yeah. anywhere. This person's no, no. There's just too much risk like that. How would why? Why how would do you do you, that? How do you walk into that house and just be like, "Sup? Where's your sister?" Yeah, I don't, I'm not talking to your freaky ass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho... Anyway, uh, they, they all end up in the other side of the wall at some point. Well, yeah. okay, well, Mikey Mikey is hung. He gets it, yes. yeah. Yeah. He gets hung. Obviously, after his very in-depth explanation of what that's going to feel and like. And Lena, obviously, is freaking out. And I love when the mom's like, we got to find your sister. Like, completely dismissing. Like, there's this whole traumatic thing going on. Like, Mikey is just, like, swinging there, hanging. Yeah. She's like, all right, fine, fine. But, like, we got to go find your sister. Let's just keep going. But it's like, all right, give her, like, a moment. Yeah. To, like, yeah maybe it. not, like, but let's get out of this house we've all decided is haunted and call the police. It's really the, strong flashlights. Like, Lena had the right idea, though, because at one point someone suggested let's split up. And Lena's like, no, that's like, a really stupid idea. So I did give her some credit for being very self-aware. In yeah. that situation, because you know when you split up, it's not going to end well. So no. I think Lena was, you know, supposed to be the audience, and you know, you're feeling like Lena, and she was the voice of reason. Totally, the totally, movie. yeah. So they make their way to the basement to look for Doris, and um, eventually the father's like, "I'm going to go behind this like hidden wall to go get her," um, and then he becomes possessed. 
Yeah. Uh, by by the spirit. Um, and then he gets his neck broken on the stairs. Right. So he's about <laughs> to kill the mom. It gets real mayhemy at the end of this movie. It's just a it? lot. It's just like <laughs> things really like. And that was actually pretty smart, I think, from the filmmaker's point, is that there is this nice buildup. It's not a slow burn, but like it's a nice steady buildup. And then things just hit the fan yeah. towards the end. It's just like a constant like, oh man, like one thing after the other. So it was a satisfying. I feel like the conclusion. end of the third act is kind of like. It's kind of my least favorite part of the movie. And this yeah. is like most kind of like B-plus horror movies in my book are kind of like fun all the way along. And you kind of take the end for what it is. Right. Because they end up so father's dead, boyfriend's hung. Does mom get killed off the jump well, or she get yeah. killed so in the basement? So we end up in the basement. And it's actually Lena who stabs her because then she... So, oh, well, okay. So Lena... Back to the sewing part. So you mentioned like, like the whole sewing scene. Right. So... Um, Lena sews Doris's lips shut, thinking that would like contain the spirit, but Which, that doesn't exactly do the job. That was I, that part was so confusing. Like they so aggressively had to make like avoid R-rated content that she's holding this like hoop earring, like in. I, I'm waving my arm up and down. And people are watching us, but like basically she's wait. They are showing clips of her holding her arm rapidly above her head, like she's chopping up a body or something like that. But she's holding the end of a hoop earring. I'm like. What? What is, what is she doing that? And then we find, see that she sewed her mouth shut. I, right. I, that that this is where I was starting to like, oh, you, you had me until this. I thought like, that was so she couldn't speak the demons anymore. Exactly. Speak, it you it know, is, the, but like, have you ever tried to sew anything? Not, I don't not, think not, it could hit lately. a target from like. Well, I doubt he's trying to sew like, someone's like, lips together. Right. Yeah, <laughs> is I that what you I have like, never sewn you anybody's lips. You've shot. never sewed somebody's no, lips together. Have you, Frank? I don't believe it. I imagine that's twice this week. Um, but yeah, so Lena's plan backfires unfortunately because then she then channels the spirit and yeah. kills her mom um oh that's right yeah because you didn't know that lena killed her mom no no no, no. i was just <laughs> i was trying to remember how lena killed her uh, how the mom died and then lena like so we got a lot of like rapid possession yeah. at the end of this movie yep. it's a little hard to keep but lena of. comes to her senses and her mom is very understanding she's in that in that moment i'd be like screw you you just go but she's like it wasn't you i'm like wow that was a very mature response as you're like dying but okay yeah so she knew it was like the spirit, and then we uh, cut forward to a little bit, and it's uh, Lena in a facility in a hospital, mental institution. Yeah, and yep. we get a flash of her sister being in there. Right. Yeah. So there's a doctor asking her, "So what happened to your sister? What happened to your mom?" And Lena's like trying to recount what happened. She's real kind of like scatterbrained kinda about foggy, it. Kind of foggy. Yeah. Like, um, and uh, so it sort of ends in that sense. It's not a happy ending by any means. No. I kind of like that. Like. The right before the ending, I was like, eh. But then the ending where she's in the uh, where she's in kind of the mental institution yeah. and the the last couple shots, like wh basically what I'm saying is when the credits rolled, I was like, that was fun. So speaking of the that. credits, <laughs> yep. did anyone stick around post credits? I read about it today. I didn't totally know. did. I, Sam, <laughs> can you tell us because I absolutely can. you're the one <laughs> out of the three of us. Frank and I both missed that scene. No, no I idea. I only knew about it when I read about. We literally were sitting there. And my girlfriend said, oh, we can turn this off. And I said, no, years of Marvel movies. I said, we've got to go to the very You had end. the right idea. And you get to the end of the movie, and there's a total stinger at the end. So what happened in that scene? It's it's Lynn Shea. So, I mean, I did a little research, which I'm sure you guys did, too, yeah. sitting in the mental institution. 
and it was apparently very confusing and they didn't want they didn't want to show it like at the end of the movie because they were afraid there was a continuity gap like jumping the whole movie's in the 60s and then all of a sudden it's present day yeah. and then apparently there were people that thought that Insidious was involved because Lin Shay was in Insidious right, yeah right. yeah so they just sort of jammed it at the end of this movie so and then that it sets up the first Ouija, Correct. right? Okay. Well, I, she was actually in the first Ouija movie. Yeah, which, as, which, like I said, as yeah. an old right. Lena. Right? Yeah. Correct. So that's supposed yeah. to be Correct. Lena much older at the, after the credits, that scene, right? So that and was that, your tie-in to the original scene. Gotcha. It, because it was very loosely, you yeah. know, I mean, based on the first one. So that was a smart thing from kind the filmmakers of, yeah. to kind of bring the movies together. Yeah, it was um, kind of a, I feel like it was a bummer for them because this movie did pretty well, right? It, apparently, it was like a 9 to $12 million budget. Okay. They made $81 million. That's on good. it yeah. apparently the first one that would like wasn't good which if i've seen it i just don't remember it but i, I think i've seen pieces of it but anyway that movie didn't do bad commercially either critically I, panned though and i think feel like yeah. Yeah. audience a, members i felt probably didn't really like it either it doesn't have a very good reputation the first one but. i feel like if the chronology of the story was different if this shitty movie wasn't sandwiched between you know the the sequel prequel and whatever else they could have made like maybe they they they've made sequels out of a lot worse horror movies sure, and i was kind of like man this movie was like good enough like they could crank out maybe you know one or two more that are not quite as good of the same storyline but i guess the problem is you have that bad movie sandwiched in the middle like I, I don't, but I don't this know. saves the series if they want to keep it going. I mean, they certainly can. I think this was a very I mean, it's good been a couple of years now. I don't know. Not that know. They, yeah, but if they want to, I feel like this kind of sets it up now. Yeah. I mean, they can do something cool with it. But um, so. yeah. So, what are your thoughts, guys, overall on the movie? Yeah. Uh, would it, you recommend it? it? And was it scary? I would definitely recommend it because it's fun. Um, was it scary? It's a. Uh, you know, I'd give it a. Uh, scare factor somewhere above mid-range like maybe you know a, a five to six on the you know 10 being like can't sleep one being you know i you know whatever jumanji or whatever non-horror movie you mentioned earlier i'm sorry but like it's, <laughs> it's like it's somewhere in the middle it's not super scary i yeah. think most of the scares in this movie come across um you know kind of the first time you see her do the mouth agape thing and then that whole sequence where the priest is kind of laying it out for everybody and it was it was mostly just like fun like this movie is this movie is pretty easily digestible this is another movie i'd put on the list of good movies to show a young horror fan because yep. it is a PG-13 movie that is it's very not R although you know what I am surprised about that they could show somebody getting hung pretty like the active of the hanging like right he falls his neck breaks right. they're able to show that in a PG-13 movie but uh, nevertheless yeah. I digress it wasn't gory but M I see medium scary would recommend would you Oh, actually, yeah, sorry, Sam, go and I have a question um, Totally agree with you. I'd recommend it. Um, I feel like it's a good movie for someone that's not, like, totally into horror movies but might want something a little scary yeah. around, like, Halloween. Agreed. Yeah. You know, but they don't want to get, like, too freaked out. I feel like this is a good one, kind of medium range. Yeah. It's not too bad, you yeah. know, not, not bad on the gore factor at all, so. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Uh, was it scary? Not so much, but I enjoyed, like, the build-up. There were some good moments, but I don't think it was scary necessarily. But I recommend it. Um, I wouldn't say, like, run and see it. I feel like there's a lot of other quality scary movies to see first. But if you're, too. like, at home, 
and looking for something chill if it's on for free or you don't mind like renting it. But like, I wouldn't like go out of my way to see it. Uh, this is, but I, I totally agree. Despite with you. that, I did a- enjoy it. It's like a nice like Sunday lazy afternoon. Yeah, like, I'm just feeling like a bum. Doesn't I just involve wanna... intense uh, attention. Yeah, or focus. something just to like play in the background. Um, are you inspired to use a Ouija board now, though, after seeing this? Because you've never actually used a Ouija board. I'd Ouija it up. <laughs> I think it would. You would after this? Yeah. In your I, I, can't, I can't be out here like, haunt me, haunt me, please haunt oh, me. See, I would, like, I'm done. I wouldn't Ouija. <laughs> I'm I, finished. I would Ouija. Let's Ouija it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of no Marcus. Uh, also, I could use a secondary income as a, uh, as a fake seance there you go. person. Assuming yeah. like it goes well. You saw how it ends in this movie. Ends terribly for everyone. Yeah. We huh. should play Jumanji. You know, you take instead. the good with the bad. <laughs> Jumanji seems safer. <laughs> well, yeah. Sam, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you very oh, much wait, for having wait, me. Wait, Joe, so scare are they now? Oh, I feel like you stole my thunder. <laughs> 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 That's okay. We don't have to do it. Well, uh, I mean, it was Mike Flanagan. But do you have any more to add to scare are they now other than Mike Flanagan just did Doctor Sleep? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Well, I'm this good. is the, the shortest live scare they now segment. Yeah, that's right. I'll go extra hard next time. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just let you know in advance what I'm doing so you don't take it. <laughs> we, we sh- we, uh, of all the things we try to not talk about before the episode, you should probably brief me on scare I like now. that we don't plan these out very well. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, th- big thanks to Thirsty Dice. Thank you, Thirsty Dice. Big thank you, Sam. Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for the lovely drinks. Absolutely. The gummy mix. I mean, this is so yummy. Thank you for the snacks. Yeah. Um, we are horror on the rocks on instagram check out thirsty dice check them out online on socials and uh right off fairmount yeah it's so fun and i've discovered so many new games here um whether you're into games or not there's something for everyone here i feel like and it's just a fun outing with friends um and it's a great spot so check them out and thanks again guys yeah and don't forget to watch uh nightmare on elm street before our next episode (laughs) is that our next movie nightmare on elm street (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. cheers